Dairy. Flips, splits, and nips. Oh Everything you want in a show. Flips, splits, and nips. And rock hard nips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> everybody welcome to the seventh episode of hey beautiful i'm caitlin and i'm kate good to see you caitlin good to see you kate excited about this episode i i didn't realize this episode uh was the cockamouse i know you know and once i saw that i was like oh yes yes i forgot i love this one i know so like good. i love all the other ones so mm-hmm. good you know who else really loves this episode? Who? Jason Siegel. Does he? That's what the How I Met Your Mother wiki said. Oh yeah. He claims uh, claims it's his it's his uh, favorite episode. Well, I hope we do Jason Siegel, aka Marshmallow Proud, with our recap today. <laughs> right? Because it's definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. How about it? Yeah. So before we get started, just a reminder, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find us over on Twitter and Facebook at HeyBeautifulPod. And if you have a moment from an upcoming episode that you absolutely love and you want us to read it out in our legendary moments section, you can send it via email to HeyBeautifulPodcast at gmail.com. And just to let you know, next week's episode is The Duel. (gasps) The Duel, another good one. So if you have a moment from The Duel that you'd love to share with us and tell us why it's your legendary moment of the episode, send it on over to our Gmail. Yes, please. All right, you ready for this? I am. Okay. All right, so this is Season 1, Episode 7, Matchmaker. And it first aired on November 7th, 2005. The director is, as always, Pamela Fryman, our girl. (laughs) And the writers this week are Chris Marseal and Sam Johnson, who are a writing team, writing and production team, much like Carter Bays and Craig Thomas again. Um, They've also written and produced for How I Met Your Mother and Frasier, as well as News Radio, which was a show I enjoyed back in the day. Short-lived, but good. Yeah. Uh, But their biggest claim to fame, in my mind, is that they wrote for Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) Definitely. Which was a show I was not allowed to watch, but totally did anyway. Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) Did you see, actually, I just read something about um, Beavis and Butthead and Eon Flux are now going to be streaming online? What? Where? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we'll figure it out. Just, you know, juggle it. It'll... Just juggle around. I think it's like Liquid Television was like the name of it. Oh, okay. Um, but I remember like Eon Flux was very sexual and I was like, I should not be watching this. Oh, I know. She was hot. Mm-hmm. But you, you still watched it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I never really understood what was going on. There's just a lot of spandex, like latex, right? Latex, it's like a latex yeah. suit. Very shiny. Big, huge boobs. Yep. Nips sticking flips. out. Yeah. A lot of flips. Yeah, a lot splits. of flips. Flips, splits, and nips. Oh Everything God. you want in a show. Flips, splits, and nips. And rock hard nips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once again, we open with Father Ted talking to his kids, but you can tell the camera's a little bit different here. It's sort of zooming mm-hmm. in and sort of a little shakier. And as Ted is telling his children that... Love is not a science. They decide to assume that that was the end of the lesson and Great get up. Great story, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool story, Dad. We need to leave. Um, but then they realize that he's going to keep talking, so they trudge back and sit back down. It's pretty nice of them. I don't, I don't know that I would have. I know. I mean, but with yeah. context, with context, 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 it's all about context, right? Fine. I know. So, uh, but then he says you have to accept certain things can't be explained and that's kind of scary which is a perfect segue into the next scene yes um so it's back in 2005 we're at mclaren's and lily and marshall run in looking absolutely frazzled and you know lily's like oh my god i'm still shaking grabs barney's drink downs it they they order another round they're so shaken up and like meanwhile everyone's like what's going on and they say, we saw something up in the apartment. 
<laughs> something bad. Something so, bad. Yeah, something bad. And so they do a quick flashback to the apartment, and the it's dark, and Lily and Marshall are like making out, and uh, you know, taking off each other's jackets. And Lily sort of like opens her eyes mid make out. You can't obviously see this is a podcast, but my eye, I'm like she's squinting, Lily. guys. She's squinting. yeah, I'm squinting. <laughs> she's leaning into the make out and squinting. Yes, exactly. And uh, she sort of opens her eyes and sees something. Goes, oh my god. And I love this part. The camera then like switches angles and it's like a, you know, first person point of view. And it's like from the ground looking up at Lily and Marshall (laughs) and uh, Marshall. And it's like the camera's kind of shaky and weird and uh, Marshall spots it and they just run out. And so, you know, they flash back to, to currently at the bar and Ted's like, well, what was it? So Marshall starts describing the meanest looking mouse and Lily stops him and she's like, mouse, oh, sweetie, that wasn't a mouse. That was a huge cockroach, <laughs> which is disgusting. Um, and also those are two very different animals, Yeah, you know, to mistake them for. Um, and Marshall's like, it had whiskers, but Lily points out that it had antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also earlier in the scene, Lily grabs Barney's drink and chugs oh, it. Oh, yeah. So that, like, yeah. sets up, like, a whole running gag for the episode. Before they can kind of continue that debate, Robin is excited because one of her news stories is airing, and she wants Ted to really um, pay attention mm-hmm. to this segment. And it's about this woman, Ellen Pierce, who is a matchmaker at Love Solutions, um, which was sort of mimicking eHarmony at the time. Um, and... She is famous for her 100% sex, success. Oh, sex rate. <laughs> yes. Her 100% success rate and uses an algorithm to match people up with their soulmates. And apparently there's, I guess, a hot girl at the end of the segment. And mm-hmm. Barney's interested because obviously. And desperate women are a super easy lay. So why not? And uh, he wants Ted to sign up with him. And I thought this was kind of interesting. So like Ted, like, is so desperate to be married, but he's like, no way. That's it's a man's version of getting a cat. Right. And like, yeah, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. First of all, Robin Sherbatsky. Yeah. Robin says her name again at the end of this segment. <gasps> You're um, right. And for Ted to think getting a matchmaker is giving up. I mean, I guess there's something less romantic about it. Not being that like perfect love story. Right. But and it was two thousand. I just realized it was 2005, so yeah. that online dating, I think, was still pretty new. Yeah. Now, I think it's very much the norm. Like, people don't oh, really yeah. meet IRL. No, not, yeah. And I, However, I, I think people still do want to meet in person. They think that that's, like, the romantic way to do yeah, it. the way it know? should happen. Right. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't happen all that often. Like, I met my lady on the internets, and it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just a first step, you know? I did some like Facebook stalking, you know? There's like a meme, right? Where you're on a first date with somebody and they mention their aunt and then you're like, which one, Teresa or Sharon? And you're like, <laughs> oh shit. That that really happened to me on my first date with my husband. He was talking about a, a trip he had taken over the winter break. It looks and beautiful. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, the Harrisburg Freeburg trip? And he was like, uh, yeah. You're a creep. I'm a creep. You're yeah. Mosby level. You ted it yeah, out. Big I ted it out. I know. And Ellen Pierce seems very confident that she can break everything in life down to ones and zeros, even love. Yes. I mean, not buying it. No, I mean, but I mean, she has a hundred percent success rate, so of course, that's attractive, right? That's pretty, yeah. Um, and the woman playing Ellen Pierce is Cameron Mannheim, who is an excellent character actress mm-hmm. or character actor, uh, who's in my, my favorite guilty pleasure shows, The Ghost Whisperer. You have such an interesting taste in television. Uh, you yeah. watch shows that I never think you would ever watch. Yeah, dude. Um, this is like, <laughs> this might be the worst <laughs> thing I watch. But I just well, love Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's so damn earnest. She is. You know she what is. I mean? She's yeah. just like, I really is she from the Midwest? You. I feel like she could be. Oh, I don't know. I feel like she's super L.A. 
Oh, I guess. I don't know. I think of her as uh, Amanda, what's her face from Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, well, yeah, but Ghost Whisperer is just fun. I mean, there's some weird shit in it, but it's pretty fun. Speaking of ghosts, I remember I was talking shit about that like Hallmark-ish movie on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. The Spirit of Christmas. I started watching it. And? <laughs> I don't hate it. Oh, my God. It's well, so... you can't give me shit for Ghost Whisperer, though. Oh, no, never, never, never. <clears throat> it's, it's very predictable. but And I just love how this bright, young, upstart attorney <laughs> is just willing to throw common sense aside and believe in this ghost because she needs to sell this house because a promotion depends on it. <sighs> She's like, fine, okay, whatever your goes. We need to like solve this and get you out of here so I can sell this house and get the big promotion. And meanwhile, she's like, I don't know, diary. There's something about him. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations. And, and I read something on my Facebook newsfeed about another Netflix Christmas movie, like The Christmas Prince, and people love it. And it's such a departure from typical Netflix. <laughs> oh, is it a departure, oh Caitlin? <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stop talking and digging myself into a giant sized oh, hole. God. So yeah. Oh anyway, Barney wants to go down and bang these girls and um across the room Lily and Marshall are still trying to explain the inexplicable to anyone. Anyone who'll listen. Anyone who'll listen. I just love that Marshall says Oh the there, only yeah, but- way that that could have been a cockroach is that if it was wearing the skin of a mouse it just killed. And they both are like, oh, my God. Yeah, they're, like, it was clearly meant to be sarcastic. And then they're like, holy shit, that's, oh, my God. And so then Lily pounds another drink. It's totally feasible now that now that the cockamouse exists. Mm-hmm. So then uh, we see Ted alone in the quiet apartment some point later. And we hear this little squeak and scurry as he's, like, <laughs> reading his magazine. He looks around, he tries to put it out of his mind. But then Barney bursts through the door and scares the crap out of him. That was so... Well put. Right? Tries to put it out of his mind. Oh, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Barney busts in and says his boat is sinking. And, you know, at first Ted doesn't believe him, but then Barney has all these minute details ready. He said, yes, yes, Yes. I bought a boat at a police auction. Which is possible. I know. It's leaning starboard at a 45 degree angle. So he has, like, all these details ready to go to convince Ted. Mm -hmm. However. So do police auctions really exist? Like, could you really get a boat? I don't know if you can get a boat. I mean, I guess if they, I guess if they um, confiscated a boat in like some drug roundup or something, but you can buy cars at police auctions. Where? The police station. Oh. I think. I don't know. It's a thing though. It's totally a thing. Is that how, you know, how like some people drive the old cop cars? Uh, Probably. You get those at police auctions? Yeah, they probably uh, do old cars too. We're totally making everything up. Friends at home. Yes. Uh, but we sound we sound like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, like Barney. Yeah, see? Yeah. All it takes is details. Exactly. So, yeah, so the, he gets Ted out of the apartment to help him save his sinking boat, and they end up at Love Solutions instead. At, you know, after all, you can just nail him and never call him again. Mm-hmm. Meet your soulmate. Another classic scheme from Barney. Yep. And, you know, One of at, his, like, very over-the-top... Yeah, and at this point, as I'm like re- watching it now and knowing all that I know about Barney, I was wondering maybe, maybe Barney really was curious about his chances at love, you know, and he wanted to go yeah, down but- there, and you know, sort of under the under the guise of just banging girls and never calling them again. But then I remember what he did later, so <laughs> with his application, so yes, yes. Um, so then Ellen comes in to do some intake. On the yep. on the two guys. And Barney is like a model client. I'm just so <laughs> ready to be done with all the games and meaningless meaningless sex, which is exactly what Barney loves. And he's just laying it on so thick. And Ellen's playing right into it. She's giving him like compassionate looks like, oh, oh, you deserve better. <laughs> yep. Barney's like, I love cuddling. She gets like choked up, like like she's wiping away tears. And he just wants someone who's not afraid to hold him at night. <laughs> When, when the tears, tears come. come. <laughs> Ellen, can you help me find her? This is the voice that, because um, of course I've watched the bloopers of all the episodes, like of all the seasons. Mm-hmm. And this little choked up voice that 
Barney gets that Neil Patrick Harris does. Yeah. Like, they call it the goat voice. And it's like one of their favorite things, apparently. They're like, do the goat voice, do the goat voice. So you can I see Ted that. laughing, and I wonder if it was Josh Radner really laughing. I like to I think love it was. That. I like yeah. to think it was. Yeah. And the goat voice gets like progressively more profound over the seasons. So right. look out for the goat voice. The goat voice. I love that it has a yeah. name. That's great. So Ellen's like nodding and uh, looking sympathetic. And then she just sort of like <clears throat> stiffens and says, get out. <laughs> and Barney's so baffled because like, what? what? She was totally buying into it. He was just playing her like, you know, another person. And... And she saw right through him. Oh, yeah. She even says exactly mm-hmm. what he said. Nail him yeah. and never call him again. Exactly. And, you know, she says she wants Ted to stay because he's cute and an architect and didn't use an obvious alias <laughs> on his application like his friend Jack Package. And then we see Barney through the cloudy glass mm-hmm. and he says... It's pronounced Package. I... <laughs> <laughs> This got me. I've seen this oh episode so God. many times, and that got oh me good. Oh, my God. And, and Ellen screaming, get out of here, right after it. Like, that yeah. moment, and then Barney, like, scampering away behind, like, the frosted glass. Like, Oh, I wrote cloudy glass. I could not think frosted <laughs> glass. Oh my. I wrote, I even Googled, what is the real name for cloudy glass? And Google was like, you got it right the first time. Yeah. It's cloudy glass. Good job, Caitlin. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm gonna send you a screenshot of, of the search results. It? No, just the search results because that's basically what it said. Oh god damn! Yeah, it. The technical, yeah, like that is the name of it. Yeah, frosted glass. That's another moment that I like to think was just sort of improvised, mm. you know. But probably not. But so good. I, I just like couldn't keep myself together. It's oh, pronounced so "package." <laughs> Like, and, and the whole time, I mean, he was trying to, like, stay in the character the whole time, even after Ellen called him out. It was like yeah. when they were at the airport with airport yeah. security, how he was still an international businessman. So, like, oh. he's, he's on the other oh side of the door God. still like, um, you're saying my last name wrong. Yeah. My completely yeah. fake and, and last name. My fake name. Hey, you know what? He is 100%. He is so committed so to this, to that role. Always committed um, to the bit. Yes. Remind me to tell you a, a story off the air. Ooh. Saucy. All right. Uh, about something funny. About packages? Yeah. No, just package and package. Oh, all right. Oh, no. Like <laughs> I'm well, sorry no, to remind you. No. I'm already thinking no, of it's things. good. Okay. It, no, it's not sexual, but it's very funny. <laughs> okay. Or not funny, just like, like, huh, I'm not surprised. But it's worth it, I promise. All right, <laughs> sounds, very sounds super worth it. Ellen says to give him three days. And Ted's like, eh, you know, there's plenty of fish, which is uh, also an online dating site. Sure. Uh, plenty of fish in the sea. <clears throat> and so Ellen whips out the trusty calculator mm-hmm. and just starts doing some bullshit math. And right. leaves, you know, she's just like, and multiply that by blah, 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 and can't forget those lesbians. and those damn lesbians. Like, yeah. And, uh. Clearly she's done know. this before. Like, this is. Yeah, it's. Well rehearsed, very well done. Yeah, absolutely. She, you know, she's as good as Barney. Maybe that's how she saw right through him. Right. Maybe that was his tell. He was too good. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, she said she gets 15 <laughs> guys like Barney a week. Right. So she knew. Yeah, she, she smelled knew. him a mile away. So yeah, she does some quick figures and leaves Ted with eight possible women that could be his soulmate. And Ted's like, "What the fuck, eight? And that <laughs> that all like changes his mind. And he's like, "All right, let's do it." That was enough. Whatever, I guess. Okay. I guess. So then we're back at the bar a few days later, and Lily and Marshall are there, um, and they run in. To where Barney and Robin are hanging out because they've seen the creature again, and clearly they're shaken up again. And Lily steals Barney's drink and again downs it again. And this is when we start to see like this is. I understand why Jason Siegel loved this episode. Yeah, because he got to pull out all of his like sci-fi melodrama acting. Yes, because I just love that he comes in and says, "It's bigger now. It's been feeding." 
Like, so serious. This is, like, the moment that Marshall has been waiting for his entire life. Like, some unexplained thing to come Mm -hmm. into his actual life. Because, you know, he loves all that sci-fi cryptozoology stuff. (laughs) Cryptozoology. Yes. So then they flash to a little while ago of them watching TV upstairs. And they see the creature in the corner. And clearly they have a plan to kill it. They're very confident, right? Yes, they're ready this time. They are ready for it. They've been waiting. It's like Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. They got their tools. Yeah. So Lily sprays it in the face with some kind of chemical. I couldn't read the label. I think label. it's Raid. Raid? Well, it's green and yellow, which I'm pretty sure is Raid. Hmm, okay. It was something. Um, and then Marshall hits the, the creature with the biggest phone book I have ever seen in my life. I know. Holy moly. I thought it was a dictionary at first, but it's the New York City phone book, I guess. And it's 2005. Right, so everyone's still in there. Oh, Raid's blue and yellow, by the way. Oh, so who knows what that was. Some sort of chemical they had in the house. Um, but yeah, I feel like that telephone book would have killed most things and people if you hit it like I, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they think it's dead. Marshall holds Lily close and tells her, it o- tells her it's over. It's this very, very dra- dramatic. dramatic like end of a, end of a shitty sci-fi movie moment. But, of course, it's not over. Because then the phone book starts crawling away. <laughs> Towards the kitchen. Towards the kitchen. Oh, my God. Horrifying. So then we're back at the bar, and, and Marshall <laughs> and Lily say they at least have a better look of it now. And it's definitely got cockroach has, and mouse characteristics. It has six legs and a hard exoskeleton, like a roach. But it has mouse-like characteristics. Gray brown tufts of hair, a tail. <laughs> so Robin and wants they, to know, like, what is it? And they're like very serious about it, and they call it a cockamouse. It's a cockamouse. A mutant combo of the two. And Robin can't even believe it. She thinks they're both kidding, and Marshall yeah. and Lily are just so committed to it, and they just will like, not no, let it, it can. go. Oh yeah, she's like, oh, but it can, it has, and it's pissed. and it's pissed. Just like another like bad sci-fi or like an action movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's back and it's pissed. And I love this. (laughs) Ted comes down to the bar and he's like, "Is everything okay? You left the door open. There is no time." So just so I just love that like little extra piece. Oh yeah, I mean Jason Segel got excellent lines this episode. Oh, for sure. I just love the 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 ongoing melodrama that is the Cockamouse story. Same. Um, and then I wrote in big capital letters, Ted and Robin are the top blazer offenders in season one. Uh, because True. Lily has taken a break. Mm-hmm. Marshall's never worn one. Right. Good man. Love it. But Ted continues to wear the same corduroy freaking brown Ill-fitting. blazer. Ill-fitting. Weird white piping situation. Yeah. Robin's is a beautiful like deep blue, but it's still an effing blazer. I almost wore one. Caitlin. I tried to take it off. It's spreading. I was like, it's spreading. This used to be cute. This is a good look. (laughs) Let me try it. 2005. I put it on. I was like. Yeah, no. No. I need a long pendant necklace now. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Bootleg pants and and, uh, some. Some boot cuts. Heeled boots. Yeah. Oh, my God. A heeled boot. (laughs) A heeled boot, a blazer, a long pendant necklace. Oh, Oh, good times. Uh, So (laughs) Ted comes in. Robin wants to know if he's met the love of his life yet. Uh, But according to Ted, it's been five days since he saw Alan. So it's been five days since the last scene and he hasn't heard anything. She promised him three days. She promised three days. And so Lily says, don't Ted out about it. (laughs) Just relax. Don't Ted out about (laughs) it. Don't Ted out about it. And it was clear very that very casual. Yeah, it was clear that that was a slip of the tongue, because as soon as he's like, "What?" All three, like Barney, Robin, and Lily, all kind of look at each other like, "Shit." Oops. So I guess that's something they say behind their back about Ted, Ted up or to Ted out. So Ted out is just a freak out. Ted up is to mess fuck something up, up like fuck yeah. it up real bad. Yeah. Um, so Ted assures them he's not going to Ted out or up, and he's going to give it a few days. 
cut to 20 minutes later, mm. and he is at Love Solution. What a surprise. Uh, oh, how about that? Ted, like, self-control. So nice to see you exercising some restraint. Never. You're a grown-up. Never. Good for you. No. No. <laughs> and Ted is, like, super confrontational about it, and Ellen's like, there's absolutely no women out there for you. And, but... Not everyone's on Love Solutions. That's exactly what I wrote. I said she would have to know every single woman in New York City and have all of those women in the database for her this to be true. Yeah, she doesn't. That's just got to be some suspension of disbelief. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, And uh, she says there needs to be a compatibility rating of at least 7.0. Well, not before she tries to get him to go a little bit by. (laughs) Yeah. A little by, maybe? She's like, if you were gay, yeah. And he's like, I'm not. Well, bye. She's so good. And I've actually heard Cameron Mannheim say in, in real life, because um, she's not gay at all, but everyone always asks her if she's a lesbian, just because she's like a solid. A solid lady. Solid lady. Oh, my God. Like, you know, what? with like a deep voice. She just, you know, okay. handles herself well, like us lesbians do. And she said she wishes she was. <laughs> she's like, but I'm just uh, not. I'm... Life she, would be easier. Um, is an ASL interpretator, inter, interpretator, <laughs> interpreter. <laughs> that sounds like the Terminator. The interpretator. <laughs> and now I hear interpretator oh. like a potato. We're doing good tonight, guys. We're doing good. <laughs> Interpret potato. Um, I didn't know that. That's oh my cool. god. Yeah, yeah. She um, did she signed on a bunch of stuff. I had looked it up, but I'm escaping my. Memory in favor of interpretato. <laughs> no, interpretator. <laughs> That's even worse. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Interpretator. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't. I can't. I have like a tear. Oh um, my god. And Cameron was also on The Practice. Well, that was her main show. Ghost oh, yeah. Whisper is just my personal jam. <laughs> My personal favorite. So good. Oh, All so right. Good. So anyway. Yeah. So she needs a compatibility rating of a 7.0 and everyone's like a five. And so she's just scrolling through all these people. Personal and, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, there's a 9.6 and she just starts giving him all this personal information. Like, yeah, Sarah O'Brien. But full I name. set her up. Yeah, full name. <laughs> I They're not even like coded in the database. You know what I mean? Right. Like, come on. Uh, it's just like, oh, but she's taken and come to find out she set him up, set her up with an 8.5. And Ted's like, I'm a 9.6. Like, come on. But Ellen has a 100% success rate, does not want to mess that up. Yeah. And uh, I love, she re- she reminds me like a little bit of Barney in this, when she says this, there are new women turning 18 every day. I said yuck to that. Yeah. That was definitely yeah. a very Barney line. For yeah. sure. Because why would a 27-year-old want to be in it with an 18-year-old? Ugh. I've seen it. You... And they're the worst. Ew. They're the worst. I know Ugh. you've seen it, too. And I think they're really cool because they're dating, like, an older guy. And it's just... Wait till I mean, it 30. works sometimes. It works sometimes. Does it? I guess. I don't, I don't think the 18-27 split works. Maybe, like, the 27-36. Like, if it's going to be nine years... Yeah. Gotta be a little bit older, I think. Have some more life experience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a TV show, so... Yeah, so whatever. We're overthinking it. <laughs> whatever. And so she, like, hustles him out because she's got a lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, is she... Does she have a lunch appointment? And why is that always... I, you know, I don't work in, like, the business world. Is that, like, a thing? You go on business lunches and you discuss oh, yeah. stuff? like. Really? Because I don't, I just want to like enjoy my meal. It's called a working lunch. Okay. I know, but I don't want to go out with like clients oh, it's and have to like. Awful. And talk to them. I, I just want to like be in the zone and eat my burger. As Robin would say. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to like, just let me mindlessly eat. Yeah. And not worry about food in my teeth or spilling. I'm always spilling on myself. You're not going to want to see this at lunch. Just let me get through it, and then we'll have a meeting at, like, 1 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Abolish the working lunch. Exactly. 
started here, folks. We're just solving the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, so Ellen's <laughs> got a lunch, and she like kind of hustles Ted out there, and the camera stays on the office, and it's empty, and then like the music starts to like ramp up and get mm-hmm. louder and louder, and Ted runs in, and somehow this woman's computer with all their personal information hasn't locked. Nope. Uh, big security breach. And oh, fine. Just yolo and out here. Knows exactly where to go because she didn't X out of the application that she <laughs> uses on her computer. And somehow, using the fastest printer, color printer in the world, in the world. it spits out <laughs> two pages in about three seconds. Yeah. That's... In 05. In 05. In How many? I'm trying to think what the PPM is. Pages per Oh, wow. You know, I just bought a printer a couple weeks ago. So, got it. Yeah, you seem to know a lot. You're like yeah. Office Depot. Mine's not that fast. Mine's not that fast. Um, that. The song that swells up is called Parallel or Together by hmm. Ted Leo. And it's mostly a breakup song, but the title's kind of cool. And there's like one line that says, we're not really together at all, but parallel. So, I mean, I guess he and his 9.6 are kind of parallel but not together right like they're very very similar running along the same tracks but not together so i thought that was interesting um and then i said ted's thirsty as fuck thirsty like come on dude like just just like you're gonna steal someone's personal information yeah hurtling over boundaries and of course at every point he's never thinking too far ahead so at this point he's not thinking he's gonna like ambush this woman he just wants to see her right but like every right. time he gets in more information he does the next stupid thing and yeah. i'm just waiting for out. him to learn his lesson and stop tedding out and tedding up but he never will so He's spoiler Ted. alert um yeah so oyve <laughs> so at this point a crowd has gathered at the bar to hear about the mm-hmm. cockamouse from marshall and lily even carl the bartender looking very serious and concerned um, and I guess it's in his building, so he should be, he should be <laughs> yeah, attending you know, this meeting. that's a really good point. That's a really <laughs> good like point. I wonder if these are their neighbors or just fellow oh, bar patrons. Oh, probably, maybe a mix. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they're very serious about this new species and mm-hmm. Lily's telling them all about it. And then Marshall says, and it's the size of a potato with <laughs> so much drama in his voice and he turns around and it's this drawing on chalk of the cockamouse and it says figure one on the bottom which i love i love those little details it's like a little chalkboard that is the only figure on there it's amazing i want that sketch on a shirt by the way i would say or gif or jif the reveal of the chalkboard oh hell yeah but I really do want that on a shirt. I need to figure out yeah. someone who can make that for me. Uh, listeners, if you're out there. And you're talented in graphic design. If you can remake me that cockamouse shirt, I will owe you my like first Like you board. just want the outline or do you want it like to look like a picture? I want it to be like a full, um, you know, like the sketch they did. And then it can even say like figure it, one cockamouse okay, underneath here's it. What in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a gray, a dark gray kind of heathered burnout kind of t-shirt like finish but like cozy and comfy and then Hope you're taking notes followers outline of like a frame whatever oh you want the and frame. then it's just like yeah just just like a box really just like yeah it could be a black rectangle mm-hmm. and then it's the actual drawing and just like an outline of that in yeah. like you know it's not like the actual picture like a screenshot oh yeah yeah no and definitely then, definitely like hand drawn yeah yeah yeah, um, with cho- like a chalk font. Oh, or absolutely, preferably. absolutely. Yeah, I actually might have someone at work who can make it for me. So, make it you know that. what? Why? Come on, what? Pawnee goddesses. That's true. I do your have best, some fire like your little behind me. Bridal shower. That was it. That's true. Yeah, you've got you have a very talented work crew. Thanks. We try. Um, so, Robin's in the front row of the. Of the crowd making fun of them, like so. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a caca potato mouse, and they're like, "Don't be stupid." Like, come on, God, Robin, you're ruining everything. Um, over at the table, Ted is sitting with Barney and telling him about Sarah. And shocker, Barney doesn't give a shit at all. No, and nope. he's saying all these qualities that literally everybody likes. Mm-hmm. She loves brunch. I mean. 
I like the idea of brunch. It's just a lot of people. Oh, I guess. I mean, I like a one-on-one brunch. Is that a thing? Just like late breakfast is really what I like. Yeah, late breakfast. With a mimosa. Yeah, like you don't have to wake up early to eat breakfast. You can just eat it when you want. Yeah, I don't need like 30 people at a brunch. But like, I like the idea of like the crossover of lunch and breakfast. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I want? I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. So many options. Yeah. So many options. Yeah, Yeah. man. Double the menu. Um, Exactly. She wants two kids, which is also pretty Generic. Yeah. Very generic. And what is guilty about loving Summer Breeze? Nothing. Because I freaking love that song. Can Can you give us a few bars? Summer breeze makes me feel fine. <laughs> oh, Anymore, it'll sue me because that clearly sounds exactly like it. No, it does. But uh, I actually yeah. thought you were playing a like a video, an audio clip, right? So, yep. Barney's unimpressed. He's like, "Wow, sounds like you're her perfect woman." Stupid sexist joke. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, and then we cut back to Marshall. And somehow he has decided to infer that the cockamouse is hermaphroditic like a seahorse. But uh, yeah, and then I went down the rabbit hole of seahorses. Yes. For a little bit. Do you want to tell us what you found out about seahorses? Well, they're not actually hermaphrodites. There are male and female right. seahorses. Yeah. The males carry the babies and give birth, but But they don't have female sex organs. They have right. what they carry them in is a brood pouch. Mm-hmm. So the females come over there and they're like, hold these eggs for me, bitch. And then the guy shoots his stuff up into the eggs yep. and like takes care of them and then births them. And the females in this species actually compete for the males because, you know, not a lot of room in that brood pouch. True. So females in this species. And women are all about having babies, clearly. You know, so... <laughs> Um, the females are the ones that are brightly colored in most species. The females mm-hmm. are the more like subdued colors cause they want to like blend in with their nest. But yeah. So it's a, there are a couple of things that are switched. The gender roles are swapped. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so there's your seahorse lesson, everybody. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin still doesn't believe them at all. She says that they saw something normal and exaggerated it, you know, like the Loch Ness monster. Gasp. Sacrilege. Marshall and Lily are horrified. You can tell by their faces. Mm-hmm. And Marshall turns to Lily and gives her this, I got this. That's exactly what I wrote. Marshall gives her an I got this look. We did it again. Uh, and he tells her that Nessie is extremely real and also awesome. So, yeah, they both are. They're both real Nessie. things. Have you heard anything about Loch Ness? Because I have one possible... Um, solution for what it is that i've heard oh what? a hypothesis that around the same time that the loch ness monster was seen apparently a bunch of animals escaped from a circus and if you look closely it looks like an elephant yeah, trunk it looks like the head and then the trunk of an elephant <sighs> like marching across the, the lock check it out are you I was sad? Really hoping for some like underwater time space continuum time warp thing and it was like an ancient animal like a dinosaur yeah that would be cool but and I, that's why I so know. i read it's in a book that I, that I read and that's why it's not there all the time because it goes back and forth <gasps> to like Ooh. Mm-hmm. well that's way cooler let's just believe that yeah i, I take no credit for that it was in a book i read okay so. um so then robin <laughs> gives up <clears throat> and walks over to ted and barney marshall continues his lecture its diet is not unlike our own. Cereals, grains. It's very fond of cheese. <laughs> Cereals, grains. Oh, I loved it. He crushed it. He crushes mm-hmm. this whole episode. I, I definitely see why he loved it. Yeah. I think he had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, Ted's going on about Sarah still, who's a dermatologist. Not mm-hmm. the last dermatologist that Ted will have a run-in with. No, no. Um, so there's that. Barney tries to talk him out of looking into this more, you know, reminding him that she has a boyfriend. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you, know? you know, Barney really cares a lot about that. Yeah, no, he doesn't give a <laughs> shit, but he knows Ted cares about that. Yeah. And he knows this is a, this is another dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, Ted says, wouldn't hurt to check her out. Famous last words. And I just ended it by saying, God, he's desperate. So desperate. It's rough. We cut to a doctor's office and it's apparent that Ted has made an appointment with Dr. O'Brien and got this appointment pretty quickly. I don't know if you've ever gone to the dermatologist, but similar to like an allergist, you call and they'll tell you like their first availability is in like 14 weeks. And imagine in New York City. Yeah. Imagine. Uh, she must be a shitty dermatologist. <laughs> Sarah, the shitty dermatologist. Or I get, you know what? <clears throat> she maybe she just started her practice, you know? Give her time to build it. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, so she introduced herself as Dr. O'Brien and Ted's like architect Mosby. And it's just uh He it it would be charming if we didn't know exactly what he was doing, you know? Yeah. Like we know he's Isn't got that? all these weird alternate ulterior motives. Yeah, and then in like this, you know, few minute conversation with her, he finds a way to work in all the things she had. In on his, uh, yeah, he starts singing Summer Breeze, and then they harmonize, and that's how I imagine you and Liz yeah, all the time, yeah. singing and harmonizing together. You're a creep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. If we're in the car, yes, but it's not like... Better acoustics? It's not like, yeah, it's not like <laughs> we're in the house just working stuff out. <laughs> all right. Just workshopping well. some stuff. <laughs> Please don't crush that dream. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, you're right, we... We harmonize from the moment we wake up until the moment we fall asleep. Oh, thank you. And when you're not doing the podcast, Well, duh. Oh, and something else I noticed that I've started to, like, I noticed this pattern later on, but I forgot about Sarah. Ted has terrible luck with blonde people. Yeah, he does. I can think of a few. Natalie and now Sarah. Yeah. The show has, like, a thing against blonde people. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Just wait. They even made, like, Lily is a redhead, too. Yeah. She's like, you know what I mean? Like, she's they, safe. It's, safe space. Yeah. She never goes blonde. Spoiler alert. No. She tries a lot of other weird shit, but she never goes blonde. I don't mind some of the other ones, though. So he's got a list of, like, the blonde blacklist <laughs> that I'm going to yeah. keep. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, again, he just <clears throat> works in everything that they have in common. It's just so awful. And he asks her out and come to find out. Sarah's getting married Saturday. What? And so Ted, Ted's like, how about Friday? Like, dude. Such an idiot. And what I'm thinking is, as I'm watching this again, knowing that he's like completely manipulating the situation, would he really want a relationship to start like this? No. Like, no. this is terrible. Like, to, to be on such uneven ground with the person you're starting out with, it's not fair. Like, this no. wouldn't have worked. I don't know what, I don't know what he's thinking. He's probably thinking... If it worked 10 years down the line, like how grand and romantic she was engaged to somebody else. I made an appointment. No, it's always creepy. Never mind. It's always creepy. It's creepy and, te- it's creepy and terrible. I mean, yeah. And, later and not on, well thought out. kind of says something like that that I think yeah. I mentioned. So, um, yeah, I'll talk about that in the, the next scene. Oh, he's such a creep. It is. And he's like... You know, I'm sorry. I just, I feel like there's this weird connection between us. Do I sound crazy? And if you don't end up getting married this weekend, call me. (sighs) Luckily, his conscience is right around the corner with Lily. But um, so then we're back in the apartment. Marshall and Lily are building a cockamouse trap in the apartment. And Robin's giving them a hard time. It involves like a cutting board and. A pot. Yeah, there's something like behind it too. There's like a lot of little details to it. It's very yeah. like mouse trappy. Yeah. Um, I hated that game. Yeah. Same. Never worked. We never played you, it at your house. You would tap it and it would fall apart. Yeah. I don't like even all, remember like, paying. These precarious, precariously small pieces balanced on one another. Trash. Or small pieces precariously balanced. On. Yeah. And you tap it, you breathe, and it falls. <laughs> it would crumble. And it's just like, fuck. This one looks a lot more sturdy. Yes. Um, I said, Robin, good job losing the blazers for a minute. <laughs> Loving that cozy pink sweater. Uh, she gives, she says, makes a roadrunner joke about their trap, which I thought was really good. Yeah. We're starting to see a little more of Robin's personality, you know, mm-hmm. learning that she's skeptical of all this stuff. And she's got some, she's got some good, 
lines in this episode too. So, um, mm-hmm. and I love that Lily says, Marshall and I, we're believers. We believe. Yes. And that's a new layer for their relationship, right? Is that they're, they're in this crazy crypto, um, cryptozoology love together mm-hmm. and they support each other. Cause maybe, I mean, it, to me, it feels like Marshall's known this stuff his whole life. Yeah. But he's sort of like awakened Lily to it, right? So yeah. she's like along for the ride on this stuff and she's like hardcore believing it. And I mean, once you see yeah. that cockamouse, how could you not? Yeah, exactly. You know? Make you a believer out of anybody. <clears throat> so in order to get Robin to believe in the cockamouse, he tries, uh, Marshall tries to convince her about a whole bunch of other unsolved mysteries like Bermuda Triangle, haunted houses, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. and she just remains unmoved. She doesn't even believe in aliens. And which is bewildering to Marshall. He's like, come on, Area 51. There's alien crap all over the place. Yeah. For me, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that aliens are real. I don't really want to talk about it. Okay. But, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying, do you think it's, you think it's, scarier that something is somewhere out there than there's oh, nothing. Oh, not scarier that we're alone. Yeah. Scarier that we're alone. I think there's got to be whole civilizations out there. Yeah, but all I think of is like Independence Day. Oh, well, that's just aliens created in humans form where they want to come and destroy us because that's what humans do. Like how we we made God in our likeness. Thank you. Men made God. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, well... That's another podcast. That's another. That's another. That's another podcast, podcast that even fewer people will listen to. <laughs> but I'm happy to do it. Trust. Here for it. Here for it all day early. Um, Marshall runs off to his room, presumably like, to get evidence. Yeah, you just poke the bear. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you believe in Bigfoot, haunted houses, anything no. like that? No, me neither. I don't know. Um, Ghosts, like, kind of freak me out, so. There's a really creepy story going on on Twitter right now. I know. I read it. Dear David. And I. Yeah, I have to. I always. It's I creepy. I get so scared, but I have to look. And I'm like, one eye. And Did I'm like, oh. Did you see the video with the shoe coming out of the. No. Oh. I mean. I just saw, like, the pictures. I feel like it's it's winding down, but. To it's believe captivated that, millions. To believe that I would have. Yeah, it is captivating millions. <laughs> You're so right. I know. I feel I know. like to I love Adam Ellis's stuff. I know all his drag race stuff. It's so good. So good. Sorry, I let you finish. No, it's okay. Um, in order to believe that Dear David is real, I would have to believe ghosts are real. Like that's a huge. That's a big leap. That's a big leap, right? Like the stuff is scary, and it would be really scary if it were true. But I just can't get there. Yeah. Even though I'm terrified, like you said, reading the stuff. And, like, looking at the pictures, I'm like, so gross. Um, Anyway, Ted and Barney come in. Ted updates the the crew on the fact that Sarah is engaged Mm -hmm. and how he had basically asked her on a date, should she decide not to get married? And Lily is pissed. Yeah. Pissed about him hitting on an engaged woman. Again, as always, she's the conscience of the group. Mm-hmm. It also seems a little more personal because she's an engaged woman. Right. Um, and her reaction to this of like Ted inter- or like someone interfering in an engagement. To me, that's like another little level to what she's been feeling. Like all the anxiety yeah. about getting married, you know, like mm-hmm. one little thing could fuck it all up. Right. Right. So I got a little bit of that. I don't know if the the guest writers really expected that mm-hmm. to be part of it, but I was like, oh, Lily, maybe that's huh. where this is going. Yeah, good point. Um, turns out Barney also hit on an engaged woman that day. <laughs> of course he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marshall comes back from the bedroom with a massive book and starts reading aloud about Area 51. Conditions were clear over Roswell, New Mexico. I want to know what book it was, if it if it's a real book. Oh, my God. I'm sure there are, like, so many it could have been. So he stops to let Ted know that Dr. O'Brien had called and left a message and wants him to come down to the office. I really need to talk to you, she says on the voice machine, voice 
voice message machine? Answering machine? Answering machine. Thank you. God. Voice, the voice messaging machine. <laughs> the voice messaging box. <laughs> Has not been set up. Oh, God. Um, so, you know, right before it cuts to black, it seems like there might be a little light at the end of the tunnel because she really needs to talk to him. Yeah. And he has to come down. But she's also a doctor. <laughs> so. True. Very true. Lily. Also. What? what? Remember, we had just talked about this, like, Ted likes the idea of, mm-hmm. like, the story. Mm-hmm. He insisted he's not interfering. It's a happy ending. So yeah. that's kind of where he touched on. Yep. And that's, yeah, I wrote that too. So, like, Lily and Ted are battling about whether he should stay or go. She says, don't interfere. Right. Like you said, he... You know, he doesn't see it as interfering because if it works out in the end, it's a happy ending. Right. And like, so that's his through line through a lot of this series is the ends justifying his weird boundary breaking stalkery means. Right. Um, He's just justifying it all. Yeah. Still, just, just stop. It's not going to work. So then Ted leaves, closes the door behind him. Then the two step, the two skeptics leave, Robin and Barney. Um... And you're saying they're going to go make some crop circles. (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know, we start to see them having stuff in common. Right. It's not just, you know, first it was Ted and Robin and then Robin and Lily and now Robin and Barney. You know, so she's really becoming a big part of that group and very comfortable with. Yeah. With everybody. And then as soon as the door closes, the trap shuts. (laughs) So they're so excited. They've caught the cockamouse. Yay. And Marsha says he's going to take the the cockamouse down to his friend Sadiq at Columbia. And Lily just wants to smash it with a baseball bat. Yeah. Because that's more kind. Yeah. More humane. Put it out of its misery now instead of having people do weird tests. Back in uh, Dr. O'Brien's office, she, you know, she's like, thank you so much for coming down. Sort of you know, grave rather, looking. Yeah. I'd rather, you know, tell you this in person. And, like, you know, they sit down. Ted's and stupid face. Oh, it's stupid. I want to smack it. <laughs> and she tells him he uh, has basal cell carcinoma. And she said carcinoma. She's from Wisconsin. I looked it up. She definitely <laughs> has an accent. Yeah. I was just like, oof. And he's like, uh, okay, anything else? Because obviously, why wouldn't she call it off with her fiance because they're only an 8.5 and he's a 9 point their match is a 9.6 and and she's like well the mole the biopsy came back and we need to get the rest of it excised Mm -hmm. and he's just like wait what like you're still getting married she's like uh duh of course and then I was thinking like this was the (laughs) fastest turnaround for biopsy results (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. right it's like it's, it was real quick it's more suspension of disbelief you would think with turnaround that quickly her practice would be booming <laughs> and he wouldn't be able to get in yes holes in the story finding writers <laughs> um and she's like yeah of course i'm getting married and he's like yeah but we could be a 9.6 like we're a match of a 9.6 like she's like what are you talking about (laughs) she's like rightly horrified Mm -hmm. and she's like i'm getting married on saturday and then he starts singing summer breeze (sighs) yeah and like like, totally admits that he's looked at all of her shit and yeah and i just starts heading out completely heading out and I said, men and boys in real life, do not do this to a woman you've just met. You will scare her. No. It is not good or right. No, do not do that. Don't do most of the stuff Ted does. So delusional. Yeah. Like, even when he says, you're my only match. It's like the next part of that sentence is, so I'm entitled to you, right? Like Exactly. Like, I deserve you. You're my, you're my match. You know, forget your you're life. Mine. Forget your right. fiance and your wedding that you've planned. None of it matters because... So irrational. I, yeah. Boy, God damn. Must be tough living in Ted's head. Just, I'm getting heated. <laughs> uh, I know. I yeah. Know. So she's like, do you really believe that? Because a computer said it. And she says, love isn't a science and you can't calculate a feeling. Oh, and that when you fall in love with an 8.5, it feels like a perfect 10. 
It's really charitable of her to keep talking to the psycho that burst into her office. That's all I have to say about that. I would have pushed the red button under the desk for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she doesn't have one. Women have a panic button under their desk, not a door locking button. So that should should tell you something. Put that in perspective. We had to choose the kind of button we'd have. It would call the police. So Absolutely. (laughs) 10 out of 10 would choose police. 10 10. (laughs) Choose police, not lock me in a room with someone. Yeah. Horrifying. Oh, horrifying. <sighs> so then uh, Marshall's down at Columbia at the biology lab with his friend Sadiq. <laughs> and he's so excited. <sighs> and Sadiq seems, you know, excited but skeptical, right? He's like, this would be mm-hmm. huge for my career if it's, it is what you say it is. Right. And then there's the big reveal. And there's nothing in there. So obviously then- the door shutting... Is what slammed the trap. Right. Because the door shuts twice and then the, then the trap shuts immediately. So at first you think, oh, of course no one's here to see it, right? But it really, right. it was the door shutting that triggered the trap shutting. So, And I love Marshall's like shocked <laughs> face and the camera like zooms in. Yep. Because he realizes Lily isn't safe. Yeah. Wait, if it's not here, <gasps> Lily. Lily. <laughs> so good. And then the best scene and, of the whole show, of the whole yeah. episode. Absolutely. So Lily's coming out of the bedroom, and she sees it. She's like, Robin, Robin. And Robin finally sees the cockamouse and believes her. And, and she's just amazed. Like, she can't even believe Such it. Such a payoff. Yes. Yeah. Such yeah. a good payoff. They built it up so well. <laughs> it had to be her. It had to be her that saw it, because she is just a cynical oh. person. So uh, Lily encourages her to do something, and Robin throws her <laughs> drink on it. And Lily's like, what are you trying to do? Make it drunk? (laughs) And just in the nick of time, Marshall bursts in. He's got these those orange gloves on from the lab, snatches it in his hands, and then they quickly throw it out the window. But wait, he he grabs it and he goes, Lily, I love you. (laughs) Like he's about to die. (laughs) Oh my god. I could barely write any notes during this scene because oh my This is just so amazing. Oh, you have to. If if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the episode, I don't know what the fuck you're doing because we're fools. Yeah. But um, if you've seen the episode, like, you know exactly what we're talking about. And it's just. Just the perfect climax to the episode. I mean, really, wow. It truly and is. And it just keeps, and, like, uh, it keeps peaking and peaking and peaking, right? Yeah. Because, like, they get it and they throw it out the window. And then we discover that. <gasps> It can fly. It can fly. It can fly. And their faces are following the cockamouse through the window, but it can fly. And so Mm -hmm. it starts coming back, and Marshall quickly shuts the window, and we see the cockamouse slam against the window and then fall down. And, oh, my God. It's just like this... Like potato sized gray and brown tuft of hair with a tail tuft of hair covered with a tail. And it looked like it had like wings taped to it. Yeah. <laughs> I would would have loved to have been in like the prop department. Right. Oh, like so all right. Good. It's the size of a potato. It's the size oh. of a potato. Um oh and I forgot to mention <laughs> that Sadiq is played by Nick Jane. And he can be seen in recurring roles in Shameless, Supergirl. Adam Ruins Everything, CSI Miami, All My Children, Las Vegas, and Alias. That's a lot. Yeah. That's very... Hard-working man. And then um, the final scene we see, uh, we're back at Love Solutions, and Ellen is sitting in the dark in the, her messy office under a blanket, looking completely disheveled. I think it's a chip clip holding her hair up at this point. Oh, I did good I eyes. I think so. It's like white. Looks like it is. Um, <clears throat> Ted comes in for a refund. I love that if it is. This bitch just doesn't have a receptionist, apparently. Yeah. This this whole <laughs> Love Solutions, this whole operation is just like a cybersecurity cautionary Nightmare. tale, right? It's just no, like it is. it is the case study <laughs> for what not to do. Um, yeah. So Ellen's sitting there, she says she she tells Ted she tried everything. Um, you know, she went out on the street and showed his picture to everybody, and nobody was taking anything, and then there's a shitty joke about trans people, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's 2005. We all know better now. Um, and it seems like the roles have reversed, right? So yeah, uh, Ted's comforting her and encouraging her. And at the same time, she's acting like someone that just got dumped 
herself, yeah. but she's talking uh-huh. about Ted. So instead of I'm going to die alone, she's like, you're going to die alone. There's nobody. And you just keep Every getting older. You get older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the stuff that at least women <laughs> say to ourselves yes. when we um, get into a, a bad breakup. And, you know, she's drinking mm-hmm. bourbon out of her haagen And she's just totally in despair. But Ted has rebounded. Um, after talking yeah. to Sarah and also learning more about the cockamouse, right? Like he's officially a believer again. He's believing in love. Mm-hmm. He's believing in himself. Oh, yes, himself. And also the cockamouse because it's totally real. Yeah. So his hope is returned. And he tells her she's going to keep looking for free. And maybe that computer program is going to do something for him. Um, and maybe it'll be something else. Maybe it'll be both. This is not the last we will see of Love Solutions. No. Stay tuned for that. And as the the scene pans out, we hear At My Most Beautiful by R.E.M. And I looked it up, and apparently Michael Stipe was trying with this song to write the most romantic lyrics he's ever written. So that kind of makes sense for such a love, a lovey episode. Yeah. And that's it. That is... I'd like to call this episode The Cockamouse, but it's called Matchmaker. I know. I know. The Matchmaker. So what'd you think? Same as always. Loved it. When I I was so excited when I realized it was The Cockamouse. I didn't realize that these two episodes were together. Me neither. I forgot. Yeah. Which um, I recently rewatched Seinfeld and that happened a lot to me too. I would forget that the two different like plot lines. Yeah. Plot. Was it like A? B plot. Whatever. The two different, whatever it is, the two different ones uh, were in the same episode. <laughs> I just, I fucking love the Cockamouse. So I love good. it. I love the ridiculous name, the premise of it, the idea. I love just all of it. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was another episode where there's more than just Ted's storyline, right? So we're hearing. Yep. And those ones just always have the best. The best pacing when there's like yeah. real stuff happening Something to else. the other characters. It's always best that way. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's an episode about faith, having faith in love and also in the yeah, mysteries believing. of the universe. Yeah. And that sometimes that faith pays off and sometimes uh, it's challenged, right? Yeah. Ted's storyline throughout was pretty conventional, but the other ones around it really made the episode, you know, like the. The melodrama of the cockamouse and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Robin sort of having her own skepticism challenged. Right. And being forced to believe something new and change your mind about something. So a good, solid, jolly episode all around. Definitely. No wonder Definitely. it's Marshmallow's favorite. So what is your, what is your legendary moment? Very easily the whole second plot of the cockamouse. Yeah. But if I have to narrow it down further, it's a tie between, um, no, like I love seeing the cockamouse under the phone book. Oh, that's a good one. I love the the drawing at the bar. Mm -hmm. But I think I have to say it's that last scene where Marshall bursts in, grabs the cockamouse, throws it out the window, and we see the cockamouse hit the window and fall. So that whole. Yeah. That, that, if I have to narrow it down, that piece yeah. is definitely, definitely my legendary moment, but overall, the whole cockamouse yeah. plot. How about you? Uh, definitely Robin's awakening to the cockamouse. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> it's real. It's her, her eyes are just like, <gasps> like, she played it's it terrible so well. and beautiful all at yeah. once. Yeah. You know. She really did. That was great. <laughs> so damn good. So good. So good. Another great one on the books. I know. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, next week, we are talking about... The Duel. The Duel. I'm very excited for The Duel. Oh, that's another good one. And it's not about Ted being in love with somebody, which is awesome. Yeah. It's about friendship, right? Right. And what it means to be friends. And, and that's what I love about And what it. happens when your friendship, as you know it, is challenged. So... Come on back for that one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Yes, please. And if you have a legendary moment from the duel, yes, please uh, hit us up. Yeah, and, we'll, and uh, we'll say it out loud on the show and give you a shout out. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. We post new recaps every Thursday. 
switched our day by one. So uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and you will never miss one. And like we said, you want to send us your legendary moment from an upcoming episode like our um, episode next week, The Duel, or any episode in the future, you can email us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com and we will read it out on the show. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at HeyBeautifulPod. Having lots of fun on Twitter, especially today. We got retweeted by Craig Thomas, who's one of the creators. No big deal. And he also liked that we were two days from Cut the Cockamouse. So he was very, he was a little bit interactive today, which was cool. Um, So yeah, so follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HeyBeautifulPod to see more of us there. We hope you come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. 